You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I'm, I'm going to be kicking off a series today that, that's centered on, on prayer. And uh, several years back, um, there was a book that was written. It was called The Jabez Prayer. Ever, anyone remember The Jabez Prayer? It, it sold, it was a New, New York Times bestseller. It sold over, you know, 9 million uh, copies. And, and so it, 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 it speaks to me about uh, the, how people think prayer is important. And uh, a lot of people probably desire to pray, right? And, and we, we want to connect with God. I think everyone in here, they, they, they want to connect with God. And, and so as I, I thought about a, a series on prayer, I thought about the importance of looking at the prayers of Jesus. I, I thought about... Uh, how important it would be to us to model how Jesus prayed. After all, we're called to become like who? Like Christ. And so as we go through this series, uh, we are going to be looking at his prayers. And we're going to allow for those prayers to speak to us and allow us to begin to maybe model our prayers after the way our Lord prayed. Because I believe they're very effective when we pray like Jesus prayed. And so I, I'm calling this, this series uh, Purposeful Prayer 101. Or you could say Praying with Purpose 101. And 101 because it's foundational. Like our 101 class, you know, our Connect 101 class, it's, it's, it's foundational. It's something that we need to grab a hold of to learn how to connect with God. And if you've never taken our Connect 101 and you're here, I would love for you to do so. And I think that you would love to do so once you get done. It's going to be very profitable for you. Uh, it's just like how we learn to pray. Uh, our, our, our prayer is, you need a foundation in our prayer life. If I was to ask you to raise your hand, and I'm not going to, but if I was to say, raise your hand and tell me how many of you pray every day, you know, the hands would probably be sporadic. And, and then if I was to ask you, do your, pray, do your prayers feel effective? I think that the, the hands would probably go down. Uh, and the reason I say that is because there was a situation, there's many that have happened to me uh, with people and, and, and even in my own life, uh, but one particular situation was there was a, a contractor that was doing some work here on the campus when we were building the, the children's center. And this individual was here, and he was uh, uh, the, the owner of a, of a stucco company, and he was doing our, our stucco work on the building as it was completed. And, and I went over there, and, and I just wanted to befriend him. I wanted to go there and just, just, just hang out. And when I got there and talked to him, the first thing that he says is, uh, uh, I just want you to know that I go to another church, and I don't need for you to talk to me about God or anything like that. I said, well, 
Amen. I will not do that. You, you have my guarantee. And, and so as we began to connect and talk, and he found out that I was just a, just a regular guy, just, just me, uh, he, he said to me one day, probably a couple weeks after we formed a, a relationship, a friendship, he said to me, when I pray, it seems like my prayers don't make it out of the room. And so the Lord began to work in his heart for him to understand that his prayers were not effective. And that was just a setup by the Holy Spirit for me to say to him, well, there's an easy answer for that. And he said, huh? What is it? I said, are you born again? I said, have you accepted Jesus into your heart and into your life? And he says, I have never done that. I said, well, you can do that today and your, your prayers will change. And he did accept Jesus into his life. He gave his, surrendered his life to Christ. And, and the rest is a wonderful story where he and his wife now are serving God in a big-time way. And his prayers are pretty effective now because he has a direct line to God through Jesus Christ. And so I want for us to, to kind of, with that premise, I want for us to, 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 to think about purposeful prayer. How do we have prayers that have a purpose? And I think the first thing that we have to do, the, the, the first part, is we need to learn how to pray. You ever ask the question, how do I pray? How should I pray? The reality is that that's a very common question. In fact, the disciples asked Jesus that very question. They asked, how do we, how do we pray, Lord? How are we supposed to pray? And Jesus gave him the very answer. And so as we, as we look at this, we're going to find out from Jesus exactly how we are to pray, right? I thought that was a call from the Lord right there. I, thought, <laughs> I don't care if phone rings. It's okay if your phone rings. But I, just, I was like, what is that particular peculiar noise? That doesn't bother me one bit. Um, so how do we pray? Um, the first thing I think that, that we need to grab a hold of is, is how do we not pray? How is it that we don't pray? Because that's how Jesus starts out. And we're going to be going to Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus is talking to the disciples and he teaches them how to pray. But before he says, this is how I want you to pray, he tells them, this is how you're not supposed to pray. And that will help us to see if we're doing this. So, so the first thing is that he says is uh, uh, how not to pray, number one, is don't pray to impress. Impress. Jesus said when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. And a hypocrite just means someone that puts a mask on, Right? For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. In your outline or in your Bible, if you're in your Bible, why don't you highlight that? Why don't you highlight that in your, or underline that uh, in, in your outline so that they may be seen by men? Why, why do you want to underline that? Because what you're trying to do is impress people of how you pray. And he says, truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
So he teaches us something that's very important. Prayer that is aimed at God is not for show. It's not for us to impress. And yet, to impress people in prayer is a temptation for all of us. I was asked to pray at a, uh, at a uh, uh, they used to have the PGA Accenture match play in, uh, in Oro Valley. That was, uh, I think it was the 50 best players in all of golf would come, 40, 54, thank you, thank you, 54, I was close, I ground up, 54 of the best players in golf would come, and so anyways, it's a big thing, and they, they asked me, my good friend called me and said, Pastor, would you come down and pray over the breakfast, there's going to be a breakfast, and would you please pray a prayer to kick off the breakfast, all right? And so from the time he called to the time I prayed, I was thinking, how am I going to impress all of these people with his grand prayer? It's a temptation that every individual has, all of us, when you're praying. You want to pray an elaborate prayer. You want to pray a prayer that everyone's going to say, wow, what a prayer. But Jesus says, when you have that mentality, when you have that attitude, you have your reward because everyone's going to say, wow, look at how awesome he is. But Jesus knows our heart. So how we don't pray is to impress people, and it's a temptation we all have. We don't need to impress people with our prayers. We just need to be real with God. Prayer is simply getting real in a private place and sharing your heart in a way that is you. There's nothing worse than for us to be someone else with God. Amen? If I pray differently here in front of you than I do when I'm with God, there's something wrong. I should, my prayer should carry over. My relationship with God should carry over. Amen? Okay, so here's your action step. We all need an action step. This week, find a place where you can be you with God and talk to him from your heart. That's pretty simple, huh? You don't need to impress God. He knows the real you already. Find a place. This could be your, your drive, your commute to work. It can be your, your, your office at a break. It could be uh, uh, while you're welding, while you're working. It could be when you're weed eating. It could be when you're sitting. Whatever it is, find a place where you can be real with God and pause. Amen? Amen? Okay, the second one, how not to pray number two. How not to pray number two. Repetitive. Repetitive. Jesus said, and when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. The Gentiles were those that didn't know God. They were the nations. He was talking to Jews, Jews, right? He was saying, don't use meaningless repetition for, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. What I would do if I were you is I would underline in your outline meaningless repetition. God is not impressed by the quantity of our prayer. 
I want you to think about this is this there is a very spiritual logical uh, uh, answer to this. I always think like that. What's spiritually logic logical? Okay. Think about your conversations with people. Do you need to have people go on and on and on and on and on and on with the same thing? Have you ever had someone say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and you say, I got it. I got it the, the, I got it the first time. You ever told your kids something over and over and over and, and you think it's effective and you're pushing them away? They're like, I, do you not think that I heard you? Now think about that with God. God is a lot smarter than you. And sometimes we go on and on and on and on and the same thing over and over. He's, Jesus says, do not be repetitive. The reason that, that, that God formed me in the womb of my mom, the reason that God fearfully and wonderfully made James Reese is for me to have a relationship with him. He loves me. He loves you. One of the most important things about prayer is that prayer is just not talking to God. Prayer is actually listening to God. One of the most important things about our marriages or about relationships is not just talking to your spouse. It's actually listening to your spouse. And if you think about it, the most difficult thing for us is listening. One of the things about prayer is that we make it about us talking to God, us talking to God, telling him what we need when God already knows that. And the biggest thing that we could do is listen. Jesus teaches us to pause. In the last month, I have learned this discipline and I'm grabbing a hold of it like I never have before and pause. How many of you, your mind just racing? Anyone's mind just racing with all kinds of stuff? Anyone in here? You can show me a hand, some hands. Your mind is just racing. Have you ever just paused? And just say, Lord, I want to listen and be intentional about that? It takes, it takes practice. It takes discipline. If you can't hear the birds chirping, if you can't hear uh, uh, the wind affecting the, the, the branches around, if you can't hear those things, it's because you're too busy in your mind. If your prayer consists of, Lord, I need my kids to behave, I need my kids to do this, I need my, my husband to, to change the way that he lives, the way that he treats me, if, if, if that's what it consists of, you're not listening to what God wants to speak to us. He wants us to pause. So don't, prayer is not about making it meaningless repetition that God already knows. Amen? I was raised in a denomination where they would, they, and they still do, prayers over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, we're going to be looking at, the, at what people call the Lord's Prayer right now. We're going to be looking at, some people call it the Our Father. And some people repeat it over and over and over and over again. That was not the intent. Because then it becomes meaningless repetition. Not a heartfelt understanding of what you're saying. 
So it teaches us, you don't have to repeat it over and over and over to God. I think God will tell us, I got it. I got it the first time. In fact, before you even prayed that, I know that I know your daughter needs healing. I know that I know that this needs to happen. Let's build a relationship. Let me show you how much I love you. So here's your action step. This week, as you talk to God, take time to pause and listen. Don't worry so much about how much you have to say. Don't give yourself a time limit. Just enjoy your time with Jesus, whether that's five minutes or 50 minutes. Enjoy your time with Jesus. Okay, how, how do we pray? How, how to pray? And I'm going to have to really move fast. Jesus said, pray, pray then in this way. He said, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive the debts or the trespasses against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And some translations say, deliver us from the evil one. And then he went on to say, for yours, pray like this, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. He teaches us a model. And so, you know, as, as people do, we, 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 we say, well, Jesus said to pray this way, but when you look at that model, it really, when you really look at it in a relational part with God, it expands. It expands. And there's seven keys to learning to pray like Jesus taught us that will give you, you will always have purpose in your prayer. And the first key is this, that this prayer is relational. It's relational. Jesus said, when you pray, you say, our Father. Now this was huge because in that day, they wouldn't even say the word Yahweh. They wouldn't even say the word Jehovah. Because it was, it was so sacred to the, to the Jews. Now Jesus is telling them, when you pray, I, and he's talking to a Jewish audience, he says, I want you to pray our Father. To them, that was crazy. But what Jesus is, 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 is telling not only them, that audience, but he's telling us is that it's, prayer is about relational. My kids, my children, if they ever called me James, I would say, you don't, I'm not James. I'm dad. My grandson, he doesn't call me James. He's got a different relationship with me. And, and, and me and my grandson are so close. It's just amazing. I love it. And I go, Papa, 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 Papa. In fact, the other day we were driving at the, at the story that's, that's hilarious. 
but I'll give you the, the last part of it, a snippet. So I was watching both grandkids the other day, and I loved it, but it was very, I don't know how my daughter does it. I really don't. And so I had to take the kids to meet her. And so we get into, I, I put Stephen in, the, in, the, in his car seat, and, and, uh, and, I, and I, buckle, I, I buckle him in, and I come out, and I mean, I go and get Ava, and, and, and I put my cap on. Now, I forgot that Ava does not like caps at all. So I put my cap on. She was smiling, and she saw me with a cap, and she goes, Wah! I'm like, what? So, oh, take off my cap, take her out of the, 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 the uh, car seat, and then she starts smiling, put her back in, go put her, buckle her in, uh, put her in the, in, the, in the thing, and we drive off, and we get to uh, 6th Avenue, to the stop sign, and Stephen goes, Papa, 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 Papa. I'm like, wow, what's going on, Stephen? He goes, Papa, Papa, Papa. I'm like, I forgot to strap, I forgot to strap him in, buckle him into the, I strapped him here, but I didn't buckle him in, in the car seat. Here's a two-year-old going, papa, papa, papa. Isn't that awesome? I went, pound, buddy, you're awesome. So I buckled him in, and off we went. And I called Cassie, Cassie, guess what? Stephen told me this. Oh, crap, uh, oh, dad, I can't believe you forgot to do that. Well, here's the thing with God is that we have a relationship with him. He's our father. He, we can tell him, papa, 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 papa. I forgot to buckle myself in like I do all the time. Amen? And he loves us. He wants to have that relationship. Everything changes. And, our, and he, I want you to know this, that, that uh, some of us had, had dads that, that were amazing, some of, and yet they weren't perfect, but some of us had dads that were horrible. Can I tell you that whether you had a dad that was, that was awesome or you had a dad that was horrible, God is nothing like them. He's so much better. The Bible says, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. The word there is just intimate. It's like daddy. It's like papa. The second important key is proximity. Jesus said when you pray, realize that you're praying to someone who is in heaven. Not only is God close to us through the presence of the Holy Spirit, God, God is with us through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, you need to know that he rules from heaven. His vantage point is different than ours. He sees the big picture. I read a leadership book by uh, um, these Harvard Professors and they, 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 one of their names is Ron uh, Heifetz and the other one is Marty Linsky. And in one of their chapters, they wrote about leading for leaders, you need to lead from the balcony, not from the dance floor. And, and the whole thrust of it is that when you lead from the balcony, you are able to see what's going on. When you're on the dance floor, when you're with everybody, you can't see everything because it's like you being uh, in, the, in the forest and you can't see the forest for the trees. And so it made a lot of sense and it, it really helped me to understand leadership, but it really helped me to understand 
when we say our Father who is in heaven because God sees everything from a whole different vantage point. Sometimes in our circumstances, we don't see the forest for the trees. You can't see what's going on because of the fog. You're in the storm, so you don't see what's going on. Have you ever talked to someone about what's going on in your life, and they'll tell you, you know what's going to be okay, but you can't see that. No, you don't understand. My life's a mess. My, my, my family's going through turmoil, and they're saying it's going to be okay. God definitely tells us it's going to be okay because he sees things from a whole different perspective. Our Father who is in heaven helps me to understand that God sees everything in heaven and on earth. He knows everything about us. The third thing is reverence. The third key is reverence. Jesus said when you pray, you need to acknowledge, hallowed be your name. He teaches us the reality that while God is approachable and he's our father, we need to always remember that God is holy. As uh, Judy talked about her book, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, what you find is that God, God is a holy God and we need to reverence him. In other words, he was holy at creation. God is holy. He was holy in the, in the 60s. God was holy in the 80s, and God is still holy today. Amen? He never changes. I love the, the scene in Revelation. It says each of the uh, living creatures or beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with, uh, all over with eyes, inside and out, and day and Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, and what did they keep on saying? This is important. They said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Can I tell you that the God that we serve will remain holy all the time, and when we approach him, we approach him with, with confidence that we're able to go in through, through the blood of Christ, but we also go saying, Lord God, you are holy and righteous in everything you do. The fourth thing is sovereignty. The fourth thing is sovereignty. Jesus said, when you pray, pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we pray? Jesus teaches us to trust God and trust his will for our lives. When Jesus was about to die in John 14, 1, he tells his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Trust. Trust God. You can trust me. What does that mean? That means that God's will for our life is better than ours. So when we pray, when we have this relationship with God, we begin to say, Lord, we trust you for everything that you have for my life. Let me submit to that today. Let your will be done. Even Jesus, when he was getting ready to go to the cross, he, he identified with us when he said, Lord, if, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. But no, no, not my will be done, but yours. How many of us want God to do our will according to our ways as it is here on earth? Make it also in heaven. 
The reality is that God's ways are better. Amen? And our prayers need to submit to that. Imagine if we would embrace God's will for our life. The Bible says this, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How many of you give thanks when things aren't going your way? Do I? Not all the time, but it drives me back. This drives me back. Give thanks because that's God's will, because he's got our back. Amen? The the Bible also says it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Not by telling them what they're doing is wrong, not by telling them, oh, I'm, I'm telling you right now, but by doing the things that glorify God, that doing the things that honor God will make people say, I'm in the wrong. I shouldn't be treat, treating that person like that. God's will for us is to make connections to other followers of Jesus. He wants for us to, to, to connect. That's why small groups are so important because it's there that you can talk about the difficulties that you're going through in your life. It's there that we can pray about the things that are going on in our life. And I believe with all of my heart that when we pray, God hears. And when we pray, God moves. Number five, the, 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 not the last, but almost, provision. The fifth key is provision. Jesus teaches us to trust him to provide for each day. Each day. Our dependency on God is a daily dependence. You know, you know how we want to pray? Lord, fill up, fill up my refrigerator for a month. And then I'll pray again in a month, Lord, for you to fill it up again for another month. Lord, let my bank account be sustainable. I'm not going to ask for much, Lord, but let it be sustainable for 10 years. And then you won't hear too much from me again. So, you know, if you, if you do that right now. But notice what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, thank God. Say, uh, he, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Every day we should have dependency on God. And there's also something that is so radically important to this. In the Old Testament, when the, when the, uh, the, the children of Israel, when they were going through the wilderness, God said, I'm going to provide manna for you every day. Manna was bread from heaven. And he said, every day I'm going to provide this for you. Let's think about the concept. Every day I'm going to give you manna. And then in that, they would have to eat that manna every day, and they could not put it away and save it for the next day, because when they saved it, it would what? It would rot. And let me tell you what we do as people. We want to live on the bread of yesterday instead of trusting God for the bread of today. Instead of us saying, Lord God, give me this day my daily provision. And that goes with everything. Thank you, Lord, for the income that I have. Can I tell you that, that, uh, that your employer doesn't pay your bills? God does. He just uses your employer as a source. Your inheritance that you receive, God just used someone to give you that inheritance. Whatever it is, God used that for his glory. But it's not for you to stop depending on him. It's for you to every day say, Lord, thank you that you will provide for today. And tomorrow I will need you again. 
The Bible says, this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. That's for all of us when we worry about our our, our needs being met. Number six, the sixth key is forgiveness. How do I pray? Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. It is vital for you to walk and live in God's forgiveness. Beloved, you need to grab a hold of this. If you're a child of God, you're forgiven in Jesus Christ. You don't have to walk in condemnation. Your past is wiped away and your future is bright because the cross of Calvary offers eternal forgiveness. His forgiveness is for yesterday, it's for today, and it's for next week. And Jesus teaches us that prayer is a way to communicate our dependence of God's forgiveness and our need to forgive others. You want to be free? Admit your dependence of God's forgiveness daily. Every day, every day we have the potential to sin. Every day we have the potential to, we're vulnerable in this world. Every day we need God to forgive us. Amen? In fact, the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, that, 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 that prayer, that model prayer tells us, forgive me my sins. Because I am going to sin every day and I need you to cleanse me. And he will. And he will. And we can walk with our heads up high. Amen? You can walk like a child. Who are you? Who? You're a child of God. Just two days ago, we, my, my, my wife taught my grandson, who are you? And he said, oh no, who made you? And he said, she taught him, Jesus who made you? Jesus. And how did he make you? Good. <laughs> he might not be acting that way, but it's true. Who made you? Jesus. And how did he make you? Good. So who made you? Jesus. And how did he make you? Good. Amen. We need to be cleansed of our, of our, of our sins. Okay, the, 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 last, the last key, temptation. Last key is temptation. How do we pray? Jesus said, Jesus said, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus teaches us to always communicate to God our dependency on him to overcome the test of life. How many of you know that life is a test? We're always, we're always going through, through, through things. We're always going through a trial. We're always going through something, and it's a, it's a test. I communicate to God, Father, even in my test in my life, let me recognize the way of escape. I say this to him all the time. Lord, lead me uh, out of temptation. Let me recognize the things that will destroy my life. Lord, that may look good. That may look appetizing. Lord, that may look, that may look fun, Lord God, but deliver me from this temptation. A moment of pleasure is a lifetime of regret. A moment of resisting is a lifetime of peace. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. That's very biblical right there. Always recognize. I want you to, I want you to grab a hold of this. This is important. 
always recognize that there's another player in the playing field of life. Always recognize that there's another entity in the game field of life, and he's the devil. And we don't put our focus on him. We put our focus on God, but we should never leave him out of the equation. Deliver me, Lord, from the evil one, because I, in my own strength, have no power over him. But in Jesus Christ, he is under my feet. We serve a God that is mighty. We serve a God that wants to have a relationship with us. We serve a God that waits for us to talk to him. Pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy and hallowed is your name. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life, in this earth, as it is in heaven. For the angels glorify you. For the creatures say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Thank you that you provide daily bread. Thank you that you provide for me everything that I need for today. I will not doubt that everything will be provided for me today in the name of Jesus Christ. And lead me away from the testing that will destroy me. Lead me from the temptation that will grab my feet and choke me around my neck and deliver me from the devil the evil one who, who is set on stealing on killing and destroying my life and father yours yours is the kingdom yours is the power and yours is the glory now and forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.